Let me say a quick prayer. Father, we ask that as we look at the Old Testament together, Lord, it's a long way from um, uh, modern life, but Lord, they were people made by you in your image, and the way you related to them, Lord, we can learn from, and so we pray that we would this morning. We pray that we'd learn from this man, Abraham, and his wife, Sarai, and and their family and, and the way you were with them and the way that you promised to be with us too. Please teach us and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when adults meet each other, we all know what they do, don't we? They do this. They hold out their hands, don't they? And shake, shake a hand, yeah? That's a friendly way to meet each other. And um, usually some person, one person starts... They'll go like that, and Sophia's demonstrating brilliantly, and Sophia's decided that uh, she's been friendly back to me, and she's shaken my hand because I've started it. And actually, the story of this man Abraham in the Bible is like one enormous handshake. It's a bit like the way to picture it, where God reaches out, not literally a hand, but sort of in the picture, he reaches out to us in friendship and says, I am going to be your friend, Abraham. Will you accept that friendship and then be changed by it to be my friend too? And when the bit we've just read that Jennifer read to us, Abraham's 99 years old. He's been God's friend for 24 years. And pretty much all he's been asked to do during that time is to just have God's promises to him, to live his life knowing that God has promised him wonderful things, most of which haven't happened yet. But now we get to a bit in chapter 17 where God tells Abraham a bit about something he needs to do as his friend to show that he's got his hand in God's hand and how God will change him as his friend. Now, the the first verse gives us a a clue to what's going to come. God starts off by saying who he is. I'm God Almighty. And then he says to Abraham, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. So it's going to change him to be God's friend. And we're going to look at those two parts. Let's look at the first part. I am God Almighty. Oops. And then you'll see if you're looking at the Bible. So I should have said keep the Bibles open. That's very useful. And we're going to need them in a minute um, to look something up at the bottom of the page. Um... He says, I am God Almighty. And then he says in verse 4, as for me, he makes a load of promises. And actually, if you've been tuning into Genesis, his promises are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is the biggest version of all those promises. And to help us to think about God's promises, um, Lenny's going to lead a bit. Good. So, the question of the moment is whether something is possible or impossible. So why don't, why don't we all stand up and shake out the cobwebs of it, everybody, okay. as long as you can, as long as you're able. It won't be for very long, but why don't we just stand up to um, so a little activity. So we're going to have coming up on the screen soon a few uh, photos of different things. And <clears throat> I'm going to make some statements, and then you're going to determine whether these things are possible or impossible. Now, when I make a statement, if you think this is something that is possible, I want those who think that to turn and face the door. Yeah? If you think the statement is impossible, 
then I want you to put your hands on your head as you are, without turning, okay? So impossible, face the door at the back. Impossible, hands on the head, okay? And I'm going to need probably Steve and Andrew, Andrew Kwapong, to help me kind of look around and, and see who's, who's, who's getting it correct. So if we're going to start... With the first statement. Okay, that first statement says, if you think this is possible or impossible, a snail can sleep for more than one year. Is that possible or impossible? Go. Right. We seem to be almost half and half. No, actually, two-thirds and a third. The correct answer is yes, it is possible for a snail because they can hibernate for up to three years if they've got favorable conditions. Wow. Okay, next statement. Don't worry, there's no punishment and there's no prize, but it's just fun. Yeah? (laughs) Okay, second one. If the flea, if a flea was the size of a person, it could jump higher than Big Ben. Possible or impossible? If a flea was the size of a person, it could jump higher than Big Ben. Right. We seem to have one side of the room going one way and the other side going the other way. So, for those who are facing the door, yes. A flea can jump uh, 80 times its height, 480 feet. Oh, hang on. The Big Ben is 320 feet. The flea, if the flea was the size of a person, it could jump much higher than that. Wow. Okay, next one. A friend of all, I'm sure. A cockroach can live for a week without its head. A cockroach can live for a week without its head. Possible or impossible? Ah, yep. There goes the room. Oh, most people are saying it is possible. Interesting. No, no changing, no changing. Actually, you are right. A cockroach can live for nine days without its head. Wow. That is quite something. The wonders of God's creation. Okay, here's the next one. A 90-year-old woman can have a baby. Possible or impossible? A 90-year-old woman can have a baby. Right, most people are saying impossible, I see. Or half and half. Yes, most people are saying impossible. Well, would you believe it is true? A 90-year-old woman can have a baby, as we will find out in this passage. Here is our last one. Possible or impossible? Through Jesus, all our sins, past, present, and future, can be forgiven by God. Possible or impossible? All our sins, past, present, and future, can be forgiven by God. I think we have a landslide victory for possible. 
First John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Well done, guys. Thanks very much, everyone, for having a go at that, even if you were sitting and having a go at that. Well done. Uh, particularly if you were up for the uh, challenge. And, yeah, this, uh, the, I mean, the controversial one, I mean, we were right. It isn't possible for a, the average 90-year-old woman to have a baby, but if God promises, then it is. And that's the story, that's the remarkable truth of the story of Abraham and his wife Sarai, or Sarah as she becomes, that actually God said to them, I, I know it's impossible, or well, they knew it was impossible, but God said, no, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do it. And, and that same God is the one who promises to you and to me that our sins can be forgiven. And you think, is that really totally, is that really what I've done and I keep doing? Is that really, yes it is, really possible. Because Jesus has died for you and for me. So when Almighty God makes a promise, he can always keep it and he will always keep it. It's such good news because he wants to forgive us, he wants us to be his friend. Now to help Abraham remember uh, God's promise, God gives him a new name. So this is the point where you need uh, your Bible open. Here we go. Here's one for the uh, carpet. Uh, because at the bottom of the page, do you see that the people who translate the Bible, they, they help us. If we didn't know, you know, if you didn't know what Abraham means and what's the difference between that and Abraham, it's okay. It's there at the bottom of the page. So, go on, what, what's each one? Abraham is... You got it? Exalted father. Abraham is similar, but it kind of adds something, doesn't it? The thing it adds? The father of many. So he's already 99 years old. He's known God for all these years. He's someone respected, and we should, um, we should assume that those who've known the Lord for many, many years have got things to teach us if we're younger. But... Abraham, he's respected, but this promise that he's going to be the father, not just physically the father of many nations, but actually the spiritual father of many nations who will come back to God through him, well, he's not really seen that. But God makes his promise, and to help him remember the promise, he changes his name. And how do we know that God has kept that promise to Abraham, who became Abraham? How do we know he's kept that promise? Anyone here born in Israel 3,000 plus years ago? Here we are though, a long way away and a long time later, representing in this gathering not only the nation we live in but lots of different nations that we've got links with. And we are evidence that this promise that God made to this individual such a long time ago has rippled out through history. And here we are reading the story of his life. And reading how God related to him and how God will relate to you and me because of these promises that God has made. So Abraham gets a new name. And Mrs. Abraham does too. She's not left out. Verse 15, Sarai is now called Sarah. They both mean princess, which is a great name, isn't it? The first part of friendship with God is based on him being God Almighty, 
able to make promises and keep promises, even when we have to wait for them a jolly long time, like Abraham and Sarah did. The second part of friendship with God is accepting his friendship. Abraham held his hand, just like Sophia and I demonstrated. Um, We have to hold on to God's hand. Abraham had to accept God's wonderful promises and take hold of them and say, I really believe them. And when he did it, it would change him for the better. God said right at the beginning, walk before faithfully and be blameless. And then he starts to say something specific that he tells him to do from verse 9 onwards, really for the rest of the chapter, is about this sign of circumcision. It was something that left a mark on the body and marked out at people. Uh, all the men and the boys were to have it. But actually it was for the whole people, so that uh, men and women, boys and girls would have this sign that God had made them a promise and God was going to keep that promise. And that they, because they had this sign, they now belonged to God and to his people. They belonged together. A sign that would remind them to keep putting their faith in God and to be faithful to God as they live their lives. And now I'm going to hand to Andrew to help us to do something that will help us to think about that. Now, has anyone ever had one of these? A wristband? Ever been to an event where you've had a wristband, a concert, a uh, festival, all that sort of thing? Yeah, back in the day it was kind of festivals and cool things, wasn't it? These days if you go to uh, English Heritage or National Trust property, you get all these people like me. Um, I may well have membership to both of those organisations. And I may be admitting that it's not cool. Thanks, Steve. Because oh, it is quite tricky doing this to yourself. But uh, success. So, this is where I do actually need a little bit of help. Sophia, Ina, if you could come up. And actually, sorry, the older lads. Kane, Laurie, if I can just grab you guys up as well. It's a really simple job. You won't be embarrassed, honestly. It's just handing out a bunch of these. Well, firstly, we want to put them on one another. Sophia, could you put one of these on Ina? Steve, if you could pop one on Kane. I'll pop one on Laurie. So, why is it that we wear these things? What do they prove when we're wearing one? Allowed to go in. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I imagine all your other answers were right as well, but ET's was the only one that I heard. And that was, uh, that was the answer we were looking for, so definitely that one. It allows you in. So having these thi- one of these things is a sign that gets you in. You may already be thinking where this is going, but for now, there's something coming up very shortly in the service where if you've got one of these, you're going to be allowed to join the club, and if you don't, then you're not. Now, what do these say on them? What's the letters? Does anyone know what that stands for? Very important person, exactly. For answering that question, I designate you an extra very important person. Now, a VIP What's kind of special? If you go to a a club, is the VIP area the rubbish area, or is it the really good area? It's the really good area, isn't it? So you want to get in. Well, as we're thinking, as we thought, God promises to bless us, to forgive us, and in Jesus to have all of our sins forgiven. What could be a better thing to be included in than that? 
which is much, much better than what we're going to offer you for, uh, for wearing your VIP things. But you can have one of these if you're wearing a wristband. But let it be known, if you're not wearing a wristband, you will miss out. There are a few wristbands left over if you want to join later. It's not too late. It's not too, to, to repent and to belong, you see? Yeah, do you see what I'm doing now? Because that actually is, that's the imager, isn't it? God is saying that there is, there is a mark of belonging, a sign that you are his people, and it's not automatic. You have to respond and receive his friendship. You have to put your hand in his hand. And the wonderful thing is he wants all of us to do that. He really does love us all, and he really has sent Jesus for everyone who will respond to him in friendship. And nowadays we don't have that physical mark, uh, many of us are relieved uh, to know, um, that if we put our trust in Jesus, that God actually sends his Holy Spirit into our lives, into our hearts, and there is that mark in us, that actually God changes, his, changes our hearts and comes to live in us. Uh, we, uh, we had a picture of that last week, didn't we? Uh, those of us who were here remember that um, before little Alex was baptised, he was old enough to kind of vaguely understand what was going on. And so we, um, we had one of his toys that went into the water, went un- under the water, and then came out a new toy. Do you remember that? Uh, it died with Christ, and it rose again with Christ. Now that's the imagery of baptism where you've got more water than we usually have available is that actually there's a death and a resurrection. There's something that changes about us when we put our faith in Jesus. And God sends his Holy Spirit as the seal of that in our lives. There's something extraordinary that he does through Jesus. And let me just just pause a, a minute at this point just to say, have we all in this room told God that we want to be his friend? Have you told God, yeah, I really want to be your friend. I can't literally shake your hand. But what we can do is we can say a little prayer. We can say to Jesus, thank you. Well, let me, let me put the prayer up, actually. I, I, I wrote something out. Just really simple that might be a way to sort of say, yes, God, I want to be your friend. I want to respond to uh, what you've done for me. So... If you've never done that, then let me just read it through slowly, and you might want to sort of, in your mind, silently, sort of pray it to God as I read it through. How do we become friends with God? We say something like, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Please forgive me and come into my life. I want to belong to you and your people. Amen. And every boy or girl, every man or woman who puts their faith in Jesus uh, with a prayer like that or just your own words, doesn't matter what words you use, it's the response to God to say, I want to belong to you and to your people. Everyone receives the Holy Spirit. And just like uh, circumcision was permanent, receiving the Holy Spirit is for the rest of our lives until we meet God face to face. He's a wonderful, uh, it's just a wonderful blessing to be forgiven and to be, have that connection with God forever. 
And the Holy Spirit will lead us to do what we were looking at in verse 1, to live faithfully to God uh, and to uh, be changed. To, to be faithful, like God's faithful to us as a friend, he always is reliable, he's always there for us. So we want to be faithful to God. So, I don't know, nowadays at school that means being known as a Christian. Just being straightforward about it, being friendly about it. And saying, yeah, I, 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 I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus. And, and you can too. And it is VIP. It's amazing to know Jesus, even though uh, there'll be challenges because we live in a world that is a bit suspicious about knowing Jesus. And some of your friends might be very suspicious about knowing Jesus and think, oh, gosh, nobody does that anymore, do they? But actually, you know, if you know Jesus, what a privilege it is to be forgiven and to have God in your life. And you want to share that with others. And uh, the other part of that, to be blameless, is if, if, if the first part is being faithful or loyal, the second part is being, being like God in our lives. And actually, we, 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 we want to be changed by God, so we will say no to some things that everybody else is doing, and yes to other things that nobody else is doing. Why would we want to do that? Why would we want to stand out from other people? Because we've started to trust that God is good, that God really is speaking to us and, uh, and relating to us in friendship, that he really does want the best for us, that it really is the VIP area to know God in our lives and to be one of his people. And so we start to live the way he says. And the Holy Spirit within our lives will be leading us to do that and leading us constantly to pray and ask Jesus for his help and his strength as well as his forgiveness when we don't. To be God's friend is the most wonderful privilege you or I can ever know. If it helps you to imagine, he's held out his hand in friendship through Jesus Christ to you and me into the world. And the question for you and me is, will we hold on to him? I mean, actually, actually, he will really hold on to us. We talked about this a few weeks ago, a bit like um, children. If you've ever walked along when you were little with a grown-up, and you're sort of holding on to them, but their hand is bigger and stronger than yours and will hold on to you. And that's how it is with God and us. But he does look to us to not to put on a wristband, but to say yes to Jesus, to trust in him, and to have that seal in our lives of the Holy Spirit, and then to walk before him faithfully in our lives. So let's just say a little prayer as we finish um, this thinking about Genesis 17. Heavenly Father, we ask that, well, we thank you first of all. We thank you that you really love us, that you really do want to be our friend in our daily lives, in our family, in, 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 for the rest of our lives, Lord. It's an amazing thing to know that. And we pray that we will never take it for granted. We pray for each of us here that you'll help us to understand more, to trust more, and to follow uh, in our lives, to be more and more like Jesus as we get older and older. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.